0: This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? As we approach the end of this year, would you please consider giving a special gift to this ministry? Just call 888-644-4144 or give at equipradio.org. Please enjoy the following pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equipped with Chris Brooks. I am absolutely thrilled that you have joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, there's certain promises in the word of God that seem to be elusive. Not that we don't agree intellectually that they are true, but experientially, often they're missing in our lives. One of those promises is the promise of peace. Jesus specifically says to his followers that his peace he would give to us, not as the world gives. But as Paul explains, he would give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, that we would experience his happiness and his wholeness in our lives. But let's talk about that. How's that working out in your life today? We live in a world that's so full of temptations to fall into anxiety. It seems like distress, despair, discouragement is all around us. And it's a formula for many people to experience hopelessness. But as believers, we are never called to give in to the nihilism of our day, the despair of our day. As a matter of fact, the apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and 3 that you and I have been born again to a living hope. Well, how do we experience the elusive blessings of our salvation? In particular, how do we experience the peace or the shalom of God? Today, for those of you who have been Uh, desiring peace, hungry for peace, thirsty for peace. Maybe you have uh, grown to the place where you wonder whether or not peace is even possible. Today, I want to talk about how you can experience peace in every aspect of your life. That's right. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, God offers you peace. And for those of you who have yet to believe in Jesus, One of the major reasons why I appeal to you to put your faith and trust in him, because there is nowhere else where you can find eternal, unshakable peace in a fallen world, but in a savior. The savior is Jesus Christ. Today, I'm really excited to feature a book called Unleashing Peace, Experiencing God's Shalom in Your Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, The author is someone I deeply admire. Dr. Jeremiah Johnston has written this book. He is a New Testament scholar, an apologist, and a speaker, and uh, the president of Christian Thinker Society. He's also co-author of 10 books. Jeremiah is passionate about resourcing believers. He really has dedicated himself to equipping the church so that we can give intellectually informed reasons for what we believe. He speaks uh, regularly, and that's why I'm so grateful he has carved out some time to be with us today to talk about unleashing peace. Hey, Jeremiah, how are you, brother?
1: brother chris i'm doing great and i gotta tell your whole audience i had the auspicious (laughs) opportunity to have to follow you preaching uh recently and let me tell you not only did i listen to your whole sermon i went and studied my notes many times because i thought i gotta bring my fastballs if i'm following up after chris brooks brother well you know i did (laughs) that was a tall order for me i did pay
0: them (laughs) under the table to make sure i went first and i didn't have to follow you brother listen i appreciate you and i also So I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge Audrey and her work with you. You guys really are a ministry couple, aren't you? We are.
1: We're co-called to ministry. You know, no one gave us our ministry. We didn't inherit it. We literally uh, started it because we we didn't realize we were doing our ministry, Christian Thinker Society, before we ever had a ministry. People come yeah. up to me and expect it to be some kind of marketing thing or some big idea. No, we were just doing our ministry before we ever realized we had one. Audrey and I wanted to be Christian thinkers. My wife has a Master's of Divinity herself, and uh, you know, and we we are co-called as as ministry partners to this ministry of helping. All of God's people love God with their heart, soul, and mind. And Audrey is so wonderful because she, and now my daughter's coming up right behind her. She's 12 going on 21. I I was uh, beta (laughs) testing a message recently that I was given to a couple thousand Christian school kids. And my daughter, Lily, said, Dad, whatever you do, don't say that. (laughs) When, (laughs) When I gave her my sermon, Chris. And so even Lily's coming up, helping me now, sharpening me. And it's just a privilege. You know, the mission of our life, really to paraphrase Augustine, is to help believers think and believing and believe in thinking. That's the great commandment. That's great. And it's a privilege for us to do that. And it's been fun to connect with great Christian thinkers like you, Chris, because you epitomize the pastor as a public theologian, as a thinker. You do it with your whole family, and it's just an honor to follow you. And uh, it's a it's a privilege to connect with you on this medium today.
0: Well, I, I I am grateful for you as well. And you know, you talk about my call as a pastor, and it really is different than, than your call. But so desperately dependent upon the work that you and others do. You know, as a pastor, I need Christian thinkers who are going to help to do some of the hard thinking and provide resources that allow me to shepherd our uh, our church family. Amen. So I, I want you, before we go into the content of your newest book, to just talk about your love and burden for the local church and for pastors. I got some stats here. On how pastors are doing uh, through the last few years, and man, right. these these stats are are alarming, and uh, at, uh, to say the least. But talk about your love and Burton for pastors and for the local church.
1: I love the local church, and I came out of the the Christian heritage that God's method for world evangelism is through and in the local church, not apart from it, and. Chris, I don't want to ever be negative, but the only critique I would give to so many who are in this field called apologetics, and by the way, that's probably the only time you're going to hear me use that word on this program, because that that word has become so militant. And unfortunately, there are a lot of apologists out there who take a lot of time to criticize the church, criticize pastors, and they're not doing a lot to equip pastors and equip Christian thinkers and equip those Bible study leaders. And so I would encourage those people to spend more time actually getting with pastors and focusing their ministry on what's happening in local churches because that is where God is moving that has always been God's plan through the local church and I love the local church and so our ministry serves content and resources both in a very public way Chris through the content we produce the Bible study curriculums the books and and how do we come up with these ideas of what to write about I mean that that's probably an important question well Since we started our ministry well over a decade now, we have always opened it up for people to ask questions about what, Mm. you know, that's really what apologetics is. It's making sure that the Christian faith connects up well with the questions people have today about our faith. So many people see Christianity as the answer of yesterday's questions, not today's questions, and so they feel like the Bible and the faith is therefore irrelevant to their life. I wrote an entire book called Unimaginable about the incredible impact of the Jesus factor through his church— in the world and so a private way i do that as well Is chris i can't tell you how many pastors you know text me at the last minute hey jeremiah i'm, I'm working through this can you, you know i need a quick sound bite <laughs> on this subject you yeah, know and they always need it yeah. like in two minutes chris yeah, no matter that, what this, i'm the, doing in my that life sounds like a saturday <laughs> night call <laughs> so. i call them saturday night specials yeah, yeah, and, uh, oh. and 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 so it's just a privilege and what's so cool you know We forge these relationships with churches where our ministry, we don't just come in, blow in, blow up, and blow out. We provide resources. There's an awesome church over in the People's Republic of California, Chris, um, (laughs) that's going to be preaching through my book for three weeks uh, in Santa Cruz, California. And that's music to my ears. I was on a radio show yesterday, and a woman said, my pastor used your book. And the lady interviewing me used a story from your book in his sermon recently. And so that's music to my ears. Because let me tell you something, the hardest job in the world is what our local church, what our local church pastors are doing. We have to support our pastors and we have to do it more than in word. We have to do it in deed. And so our ministry, literally, I say we are a church centric ministry. Yeah, I'll speak at conferences here and there, but the bread and butter of what we do is serving pastors like you, Chris, that we can just help in any way shape or form and serve through content. And there's the the great thing about it, Chris, is I'm super optimistic. I th- happen to think that this is the most exciting time in the world to be a follower of Jesus. And so I that's I agree with you. That's my perspective. That's yes. the perch from
0: which we do ministry in. So let's help some people. You have written a book on peace, subtitled experiencing God's shalom in your in your pursuit of happiness. As a New Testament scholar, typically people expect for there to be uh, books that are written from you that are more academic uh, in orientation. You have uh, found a pastor's heart in writing this book without sacrificing your scholarly anchors. Uh, you have written it because... Uh, I think you agree with this. It comes out through your book that peace is unfortunately so elusive for so many followers of Jesus. Why is that when that's a promise for us?
1: Well, there's a, ver- there's a variety of reasons, and I would just say this. Remember, having a Ph.D., Chris, means I know a lot about a little. So I would just do a little <laughs> foot, an right. asterisk there, <laughs> but I right. am a gospel scholar. So my area of specialization, Chris, is in the gospels. I did my Ph.D. on the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, and as I studied the gospels, I saw that this whole teaching of Shalom characterized every part of Jesus's ministry. He is Shalom himself, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And to the end of his government, that in reign and peace there will be no end. That's what Isaiah said in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 of Jesus Jesus says, peace, shalom I give to you, my shalom I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And yet we live in this tension of knowing that Jesus is our peace, he's our shalom, but we also struggle with so many troubles. What did Jesus say? In this world, you're going to have trouble, John 16, 33. And so I wanted to jump right into that tension, Chris, that we all experience trouble, and we have to figure out how to find the shalom of God in the midst of that trouble. And so that's what I'm excited that this book
0: is into, and I'm looking forward to discuss it more with you. The book is uh, dedicated to Miss Lily Faith Johnston. We're going to talk about how we not only experience God's peace, but how we pass it on to the next generation as well. I know there are many moms and dads that desire to know that. Listen, if you have been living with a lack of peace, today is your day. I want you to stick and stay while we're on this break. Find out how you can order your copy of Unleashing Peace by Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. Go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. Stick and stay. Much more to come right after this. As the year comes to a close here at Equip, we've seen so many lives change through our daily communication of the gospel. Help us to expand our reach by giving a year-end gift. Now, I know that some of you can afford to give gifts of $100 or $500 or even $1,000, and we thank you for your partnership. Really, any amount will help us in our mission to promote the gospel. Together, we can reach the world. Make a difference with a year-end gift today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for those of you who listen every single day. I'm also grateful for our partners, our friends, and our supporters. We couldn't be here without God's grace and your generosity. God has allowed us to have a pretty expansive reach throughout the U.S. and into Canada, and a lot of that is because you have stood with us. And so super grateful for your partnership. Today I want to ask you to continue Uh, to pray for us. But I also want to ask, if you have never given or financially supported Equip before, and we've been a blessing to you, I would ask for you to consider giving your most generous gift today. You can find out more by going to our website, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. Or if it's easier, dial the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Today, I am uh, looking at a book that I encourage you to get, not just for yourself, but man, I'm a big believer in small group ministry, and maybe this will be a great group study for you and for your uh, life group or small group. It's called Unleashing Peace: Experiencing God Shalom in Your Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, Jeremiah, I love etymology the study of words. Uh, And uh, when I think about your subtitle, there's a word that jumps out at me and it's not a word we use in everyday vernacular, but it's so crucial to uh, the the New Testament. So, so crucial to understanding the biblical narrative. And that is the word shalom. Can you give us first an understanding of what shalom is? And secondly, help us understand how uh, deeply woven it is throughout the biblical narrative. Absolutely. This is so important because I think after the word
1: slash name, Jesus and scriptures, there is no finer word in all of the scriptures than this word shalom. It's just fun to say shalom. Um, We had our tour event over the weekend in Nashville and Chris I had a gentleman who seemed like he'd been a Christian for years walk up and said, I had no idea that shalom was more than a greeting. In fact, shalom is translated some 70 different ways in the NIV Bible alone. Mm. And so there's two concepts when we talk about shalom. Shalom, that is a Hebrew word that means peace, of course. But it means something more than that. Completeness, wholeness lacking nothing, and it literally means to flourish. And it's actually from the Hebrew verb shalim, from which the the noun shalom is derived. It It means, in the verb sense, making something right. In the verbal in the verb sense, restoring something or making something or someone whole or full so this it 's this idea, chris Shalom, that nothing is missing, that nothing is wrong, that all is well, and That's only true. Jesus Christ can bring us shalom it 's far more powerful in the Hebraic sense. Uh, you might have met someone called Irene. Uh, well, that's off the Greek word, Irene, peace. And that's some 94 times in the New Testament of those 550 usages of shalom. The Greek sense, though, Chris, is more of an absence of conflict. It doesn't convey what Jesus, how Jesus would have used this word, that Jesus said, hey, in this word you're gonna, world you're gonna have trouble, that's John 16, but I can be your shalom. I can complete you in the midst of that shalom. And so how do we get there? And Chris, you know me, I don't like bumper sticker theology. I don't like hot takes on social media because these are such important questions. We have to go deep in our understanding of Christian think, as Christian thinkers to really understand what the scriptures are getting at. And so to answer your question, it shows up 550 times in the Bible, this word shalom. And so I wanted to guide the reader by the hand and show here are the here's the biblical precedent, because what we can say first and foremost is if someone knows Jesus Christ, and we need to talk about that as well, because there's a divine order to Shalom and it begins with Romans 5.1. We're not going to have the peace of God until we have peace with God. So we need to That's discuss right. that. But, there, but once you come to faith in Christ, Chris, we can agree on the authority of God's word. It is God's will for every one of our listeners to live in the peace of God. It's not your, it's not God's will for you to live in conflict. It's not God's will for you to live in anxiety. It is not God's will for you to live in angst. It's not, and there's a lot of believers, Chris, let's just be honest, They're living in a truce, but they're not living in the peace of God. And there's a world of difference between not having conflict in my life versus having that flourishing wholeness, completeness that only Jesus Christ can give me. So that is the etymology of shalom. But how do we get there in immediate steps and practical ways? And that's what my book, Unleashing Peace, is hopefully
0: going to encourage people to do. So good, so rich. I hope that that foundation helps to frame our thinking there. And one of the ways, Jeremiah, we want to be a blessing to our listeners is that we have five copies of your book that we're going to give away as a gift, a a complimentary gift to those who connect with us via social media. You know, one of the things I love about our social media platforms is that it allows us to keep the conversation going even after we're done here on the air. So if you are interested in learning more about how you can have Shalom with God, and also how you can experience his shalom in your life, why don't you go to Facebook or Twitter now. Just mention, I would love to get a copy of Unleashing Peace. We're going to pick five names. Now, for the rest of you, don't worry. If your name's not picked, you can still order a copy. Find out how by going to our website, equipradio.org. Now, I think most of us know... Uh, uh, shalom uh, or, or know uh, the thought of peace from the Greek that you just men- mentioned, the sense of an absence of conflict. But most of us don't know the full richness of the Hebrew shalom. But there's an aspect of it that almost seems shallow and carnal. Is Am I right in saying it's okay for us to desire happiness and that God wants us to experience happiness as well?
1: Yeah, where did we get this eye, this idea that to be a Christian is to be a killjoy? That does not show <laughs> up in the teaching of Jesus. In fact, the Hebrew word Asher, which we translate in the Beatitudes, is the, uh, just I mean just as strong of a translation, Chris, is, and I know you know this, is the word happy. So yes. literally, Jesus opens the Sermon on the Mount, ladies and gentlemen, with happy, 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 and in the force of the Greek that Matthew uses there it's almost a giggling happy. It's a joy to know, you know what? My sins are forgiven. Jesus is in control of my life. I know that I'm still going to have trouble, but you know what? By golly, I can trust him and therefore I can be giggly full of joy. In fact, joy and rejoicing pops up 300 times in the scripture. And so I can have the peace of God. I can have the shalom of God, which will then produce happiness and rich joy in my life. I can laugh at the fear. I can laugh. And certainly I don't mean that in a way that's unkind because we all struggle with fear. We all struggle with anxiety. We all struggle with huge challenges in our life, but God can get us to the point where we trust him so much we can actually say like with Habakkuk and Habakkuk chapter three, even if everything's going wrong in my life, Lord, I'm still going to trust you. And that is living in Shalom and he can get us. But I, my thing is, is I think we miss that we have to start at Shalom and not start at a quote feeling of happiness. And that's why I even have, I have a chapter right now, Chris, in my book, not to jump ahead, but my favorite chapter right now in my book is the last chapter because we live in a, such a feelings dominant feelings-driven culture. I mean, what does this mean when someone says, like, I don't vibe you, you know, or I don't feel <laughs> in love anymore?
0: We, yeah. That is the yeah.
1: worst thing you can do as a Christian. I want to share with you, for those of you, and by the way, if, you're, if you have a feelings-driven faith, not a scripturally fact-driven faith, you're going to be in all kinds of, you're going to be on an emotional roller coaster because you might not feel like a Christian someday. You might not feel like being married someday. Our feelings will betray us. And where do we learn that? Well, psalm 42 and 43, which was, of course, one psalm in the original, that's that wonderful passage where the Psalter keeps saying, why are you downcast, my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? And then notices what he does there, Bible students. He starts preaching to his heart. Trust in God. Put your faith in God. And so I would paraphrase Psalm 42 and 43 as, I believe it, but I can't feel it. I believe it, but I can't feel it. And the psalmist says that four different times. So what's the application there? The worst thing I can do as a child of God is listen to my heart. I have to speak truth to my heart. And I have to speak truth to my heart throughout the day. Because, Chris, your audience, they're going to touch their phones 2,000 times today. They're going to see 10,000 media messages today before they go to bed at night. So many of those are full of lies from the enemy. So if you are not preaching truth to your heart, if you are not locking into truth, you're not going to have the peace of God. Shalom is going to be totally elusive.
0: It, it cannot be overstated, and, and we really can't go any further without driving home. Again, it, it, albeit briefly, uh, that Jesus is our shalom. That's where it starts. You can experience the shalom of God apart from a relationship with Jesus. So I just want to emphasize that because I do want to get into how do we experience holistic happiness. But it cannot start, as you said, so perfectly with our emotion or us chasing a feeling. And you know that we live in a time where people listen with their hearts, read with their ears. We no longer value facts. It's all about feelings. I love that Jesus is the truth that satisfies the question of our minds as well as the longings of our hearts. But it all starts with faith and trust in Christ. That's exactly right, Chris, and we cannot miss this. There is a
1: divine order to the peace of God. Shalom is always connected to Jesus. In other words, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are not going to have shalom. Let's be very clear. In Jesus, we experience peace with God. Make sure you write down Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore... Having been justified by faith, we have peace, shalom, with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that is step one. So let me tell all the religious people listening to us. Don't tell me about your religion. Tell me, have you trusted Jesus Christ? What's been so cool, Chris, is we've been giving these very clear gospel presentations. I didn't think this would be such an evangelistic topic. I don't know why. But in the tour associated with our book, Unleashing Peace, many people are coming to faith in Christ because they've realized they've never made that first step to put their trust in Jesus to have peace with God. Here's the really cool thing about it. Once you have, And by the way, that happens in an instant. That happens in a moment. The moment you trust Christ, boom, you are an adopted child of God. You're forgiven. You're justified in Jesus Christ by faith because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. The gospel is spelled done, D-O-N-E, not what you could do. Here's the, here's the part, though, where I feel like the book had to be written. So many people are there. They've made peace with God through Jesus Christ. They know that Jesus is their peace, but they don't know how to get there, Chris. And so we got—we
0: have to help them know how do I get then to live with this God of peace in my life. So that's what we're going to talk about. The book is divided up into three sections: unleashing shalom in your life, then living and applying shalom in God's in God's world, and then finally protecting your shalom in difficult times. We're going to talk about all three aspects of this book. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how do we experience holistic happiness. Mind, body, and soul. I think you're going to really be blessed by this. It is revolutionary and also deeply, deeply biblical. Listen, while we're away, these breaks give you two opportunities to order the book and to support the ministry. Go to our website, equipradio.org. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to a pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I hope you're being as blessed as I am with this interview with Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. He has written a wonderful book entitled Unleashing Peace, Experiencing God's Shalom in Your Pursuit of Happiness. There's so much power in this book, just 224 pages, but yet within it is wisdom, scholarly research, as well as practical guidance from God's word. I want to encourage you to get a copy, in particular, if peace has been elusive in your life and in your home. God wants you to experience peace. He wants you to experience his joy, his happiness. He wants you to be blessed. It starts with a relationship with Jesus. But once we have a relationship with Jesus, how do we experience holistic peace? One of the things I love, Jeremiah, about your book is that throughout, you have sprinkled in these interviews with some of the best thinkers. And uh, I want you to talk a little bit about um, what you learned about experiencing uh, what you call holistic happiness.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting when you think about this because I like to I'm a big immediate steps guy. And here for the benefit (laughs) of our audience, if I could summarize my entire book for you right now, it is in these it's in point number one. I just left off with, you know, we come to faith in Christ in a moment, but the peace of God, transformation to live in Shalom, it is a process, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what the author learned writing a book about shalom. Shalom is a discipline. That is so important. I'm going to say it one more time to emphasize it. Living in shalom is living a discipline of shalom. And so because it's a discipline, I wish Chris and I could just fire off nerf pellets of the peace of God and just peg people with them so you could have the peace of God too. But it doesn't work like that. You have to own it. So what I'm saying is, the shalom of God, it's not a spiritual gift. It's not a talent that you have spiritually. Make yeah. no mistake, though, but it is available for every believer in Jesus Christ. It's this wonderful promise. And let me tell you how loaded this word is. Chris, when we think about Jesus, he's physically, bodily glorified and resurrected. And what is the first word out of his mouth in the appearance traditions? Shalom, you talk about a power packed Satan killing sin killing death killing Shalom was that word that came right out of jesus 's mouth and his resurrected body, Shalom, and so Shalom tells me that I can overcome, and so point number one, and you know Chris, I laughed with my wife i didn 't know I had to move to England get a PhD to come up with what I'm about to tell you, but this is really resonating with people. It seems so simple, but it has been so profound. Shalom and peace will come when I have a plan. Now, here's the problem, Chris. Your audience, full of thinkers, they have a financial plan, don't they? They have an educational plan. Mm -hmm. They might have a five-year plan for their family or a 10-year plan for their business. They might have a life insurance policy, but guess what? They've never sat down and said, you know what, Lord, how can I have a shalom, a peace plan for me and for my family? So what is your plan for shalom? it took and i wish we had time to do a deep bible study cuz i could show you 7 years of the apostle paul's life from 2 corinthians chapter 1 and 2 when he's so full of anxiety he strikes out in troas even though god had opened a door for him he left cuz he had quote no peace of mind Seven years later, he's in Philippians, or he's writing to the church of Philippi. He's in prison, and yet he had figured it out. He had unlocked living in shalom, and it started with a plan. And Paul said, you know what? There's things I've got to get out of my mind, Philippians 4.6, and there's things I need to fill my mind with. It all comes back to a verb called thinking, logizomai, and if I focus on these 32 English words in Philippians 4.8, that will unlock the plan for the shalom of God in my life. So you can see how excited I get about this. Yeah.
0: You know, there's a lot of
1: practical things, too, that we can talk about related to having a plan for peace.
0: Yeah, let's talk about a couple of those practical things. But you keep uh, bouncing off uh, us being thinkers, and that seems to me, to uh, go back to Matthew 22. So I don't want us to forget that because here's what we need to know. We need to engage in being Christian thinkers. But let's, we come back to that. Let's talk about a couple of those practical things. Right, and so
1: if I'm going to build a peace plan for my life, there are certain things that I'm going to need to identify that are stealing the peace of God in my life, okay? If I agree with Jeremiah and the scriptures, yes, I believe it's God's will for me and my family, my marriage, or just me as a single person to live in the peace of God, I've got to identify some things that are stealing that peace, like a pirate, and then I've got to say no to those things for the bigger yes in my life. Let me give you some great examples. And I just love showing this slide when I speak in our events around Unleashing Peace. The first thing that you can do to have more peace with peace and shalom in your life, please stop obsessi- obsessively checking the news, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, these news people are not doing their job if you don't have a attack eight minutes into the news cycle. So let me just encourage you to stop (laughs) obsessively checking the news. I want to encourage you to check your sources. I want to encourage you to stop the doom scrolling. There's a reason that these social media feeds never come to an end. It's an endless pit of despair. Don't contribute to the panic. And I, I want to encourage you with this, friends if you are afraid go to your church get in the bible study talk to a caring friend a good christian thinker but don't contribute to the panic i also want to encourage you with this stay social Isolation is the worst punishment for a human being. Can you think about that for a moment? So many of us, we've been isolated. So however you can do this, get with the people of God. If that's virtually or if that's in person, be around the people of God. You know what? Establish a daily schedule. Leave your house. You know, the cheapest therapy that we can do, Chris, is to go walk for two miles for for Mm. what it does for our brains and our minds. Exercise. And, you know, there's a few other little practical pieces to building a shalom plan. I need to learn to say no more often. And that is so hard for guys like you and me, Chris, because we're called yeah. to ministry. We want to show yes to everybody. I met with a Christian counselor, and he actually told me, So, Jeremiah, what are your theological reasons for not being able to be everybody's pastor in all the places you go minister? <laughs> he said, you have a family. You have... Yes. You have a ministry that God's, and that was hard for me to hear. And I've had to learn how to say
0: no to protect my own peace and schedule. Taking I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times people can think, okay, hey, Jeremiah is a New Testament scholar. Chris is a radio host and he's responsible for talking to Christian thinkers every day. And they can think erroneously that this is all theoretical. Uh, But no, this is something that is deeply personal. I I will tell you that I know enough about my brother that he not only has written about this, researched it, but he has lived it. And there are so many aspects of uh, we could fill up a whole program with just your testimony, you and Audrey and. The journey that God has graciously taken you on and how right. he has written your family story in such a beautiful way. I say all that just to say this is not mere theory. Now, That's here's right. what we got to do. We, we have to take a break. When we come back, I want to get into the rapid fire round because there's, there's three things that we have to deal with before I let you go. We have to talk about how do you experience it in your home because, Jeremiah, I'm not the only person in my home. So if I do all of those things and I have other people in my home, a spouse, children as well, how do I experience shalom in my home? But secondly, we have to deal with protecting our shalom. Yes, And I'm so grateful that you have laid out not only that peace plan, and I love that peace plan concept because so often we hear for nations, you'll hear like in the Middle East that the U.S. has stepped in and crafted a peace plan but we don't hear it for our own individual lives and we need to That's hear right. for our own individual lives. So how do we guard our minds? I love that and I and I want us to uh, talk about that and then you alluded to your favorite chapter. I want you to say another word on that as well. Listen friends, we've talked about several ways for you to use the book Unleashing Peace. One is for you to read it yourself. We're going to help you with that. We have five complimentary copies we're going to give away. Uh, for the first five people that request it on social media. Go there now, Facebook or Twitter, Equip Radio. You can also get copies for your life group, your small group, read it together, discuss it together, or pastors. What a great gift you could give to your church. Imagine taking your church through a Shalom journey. Listen, we'll be right back right after this. This time of year, Christmas music is everywhere but I want to take you back long before the first Christmas album was ever released to the days of Jesus's birth In born a child and yet a king author Nancy DeMoss Wagaman reflects on who Jesus is and why he came by giving us a tour of the gospel in Carol. This book is yours with the gift of any amount to equip. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Find out more about our program by going to equipradio.org. Also, um, I'm asking for you to prayerfully consider partnering with us today. Your investment into Equip allows us to spread and advance the gospel to a new generation in your community. If that's important to you, call the number now, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. 4144. Our wonderful accountants here at Equip have uh, calculated that it costs about $20 for us to reach one new person with the gospel through this program. And so your gift of $100, uh, at the end of the day, you can go home tonight celebrating that I've helped to underwrite five new people hearing the good news Of Jesus Christ, that he saves, that he redeems, that he forgives. And so I encourage you to support us today by going to our website, equipradio.org or dialing 888-644-4144. Jeremiah Johnson is my guest today. Jeremiah, we're talking about unleashing peace. All right, rapid fire round. First question for you. Uh, There are a lot of moms and dads that are out there that are listening saying, man, I want this in my home. I want to pass it down to my children. I want it in my marriage. How do we experience it in our home? There's been a 51% increase this year in inpatient
1: hospitalizations, Chris, among our young people. That means they had a timeline method or plan to take their life. We, We know there is a pediatric mental health crisis right now. We all need to get more sensitive to the young people in our home who are struggling. And so the first step is, is I need to get more sensitive to my children to my wife or to my husband and their emotional needs that is step number one and then number two I would encourage you meet with your family and say friends we have values as a family or family we have values and one of our values is going to be peace we're going to get rid of all this conflict now we can't do that overnight but we're going to really take a look at how we spend our time how we spend our finances we can't go to every we can't play every single sport and still live in peace we can't play every sport and still be involved in our church so there's certain things we're going to say no to and I would encourage you do that with your family and when they see you leading dad and by the way for the dads out there you're the pastor of your home not your senior pastor not your associate pastor if you're a dad you are the pastor of your home so I'm looking at you just like I'm pointing the finger at myself right now to say I have got to lead the way to say you know guys there's some tweaks we can make and then do it in grace you know let's do it totally in grace it's a process it doesn't happen
0: in a moment well, you know, the great thing for the dads, the men that are out there that say, man, how do I do this? The book helps to give you the roadmap. You read the book, then take your family through it, do it in humility, and I believe God will bless. How do we guard our minds? Because the enemy and uh, in, in our culture is constantly bombarding us with temptation and messages for anxiety. We live in a culture of total
1: confusion right now, and I want to say, Chris, there, the church is complicit in some of this because the church has had a theology of, oh, you just need to pray that mental illness away or you just need to believe more. And we have not availed ourselves of these amazing Christian counselors and these amazing Christian biblical therapists. And so I want to so encourage good. you to develop a care team for yourself. Chris, I have a care team. I There is no way Jeremiah Johnston can shoulder the burden of Christian Thinker Society and triplets and five kids and a wife <laughs> and do it the Way God wants me to, so you better believe I have a few key people on speed dial. One of those is a Christian psychologist, so I interview in my book about feelings. Another one of those is a medical doctor who I interview, that he can make sure Jeremiah, are you are you taking care of yourself, your physical temple, because you're going to think better. And so, but I do want to say this: Paul uses the word truth 55 times in his epistles, Chris, and that is the first step to protect our minds. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. And if you are believing something right now that is not true, that means you're believing a lie. And friends, that's why we have to stop and
0: say, Am I? is my life bolted to the truth? I love that because if we're not bolted to the truth, we're susceptible to a lie, and there is constant stream. There's a constant stream of lies that are coming through social media, through the news, these unending feeds. So I love that you said, hey, guard your mind against that and focus in on the truth. I guess as we we close, I want to just ask an evangelistic question. How do we help to present the message of the shalom of God to our unbelieving friends and neighbors? You know what? I don't think there's a better
1: time to do that because there is so much anxiety and panic in our world. And it turns out that panic is just as just as debilitating as any other pathogen. Panic and stress can kill you. Stress and panic can poison your body. And so many of our friends and our family, they're being poisoned by stress and panic and anxiety and worry. They're being paralyzed by it. And we are the people of hope, Chris. We have the gospel of peace, literally. And when you begin to get focused on shalom, you're going to see it popping out all over the Bible, all over the, all over the gospels. I mean, Paul opens up every epistle, grace and peace. In fact, the word shalom, peace, comes up more than the word grace in all of the Bible, including the word kesed, more than that. It's amazing when we begin to see that God came to bring us peace. And so I can't think of a more relevant way to spread the gospel. Hey, you're having so much anxiety because you're trying to do life by yourself. And God never planned for you to do life by yourself. God knew you couldn't do it alone. And that's why he said Jesus to be your savior. And you can open up this great conversation of all these ways. I mean, another name for Jesus is Shalom. We see that in Judges chapter six. And Chris, I want to leave people with this. Gideon had all these challenges in his life he interrupts the angel of the Lord and said pardon me you know if if you're really with me why do I have all these problems in my life you can go read this for yourself in Judges chapter 6 and what does the Lord say I am with you and here's the real key part in Judges 6 23 and 24 and this is all the stuff that I wanted to add to the book later Chris it's amazing what you learn after you write a book this isn't in the book this is just for the radio show Gideon still had to go fight his battles, ladies and gentlemen. He still had to go fight the Midianites. But it was right there in Judges 6, 23 and 24, he builds an altar to the Lord, and he calls it the Lord Shalom. Literally, Yahweh Shalom. And he went and he fought those battles in the peace of God. So whatever battles are ahead of you, may not be the Midianites, but you might be interrupting, saying, Lord, if you're with me, why is all this stuff happening to me? You need to build an altar right now and say, God, I know you're the God of peace. I'm going to trust you despite what I feel,
0: and I'm going to go fight these battles because the Lord Shalom is with me. I want to hear you just say one word of comment on this. Isaiah 9, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and peace, there will be no end
1: it's so powerful in fact, my friend Dr. Philip Nation and I were doing a little Bible study last weekend, and he pointed out to me that the better translation of wonderful counselor is wonderful advisor It's amazing how Jesus can advise us in wisdom and and he is our prince of shalom. He is our peace. And what's amazing, when you keep reading and you read that next verse in 7, the end of his government is peace will have no end. I want to lock onto that. That's the team I want to be on, Chris. I, I, my life is Jeremiah Johnston has tried to mess this up way too many times. I want to be on the team that has the shalom of God. And so I would just encourage people start studying the word shalom in the Bible. It's going to rock your world in a great way spiritually. And you're going to start saying, "Lord, help me to live in your peace, help me to think about your peace, help me to focus on your peace every chance I get. And then start passing. And, you know, this was the convicting part for me, Chris. I found myself finishing this book and saying, Lord, what are the areas of my life where I've not been sensitive to the peace of God and my children? Because, you know, Chris, our kids, they'll they'll take on our anxiety, won't they? They'll take on our stress. And so, and by the way, if you have a child that has, I'll just give this to you real fast. If you have a child that has constant headaches and constant uh, stomach aches, that's probably masking anxiety. So I would encourage you to reach out to a great Christian counselor. That's the number one sign a child struggles with anxiety is constant headaches constant stomach aches. And so I found myself, Brother Chris, just saying, Lord, how can I be an agent more of Shalom and my family? It's been really convicting, but you know what? I've come a long way and I've, I've found myself convicted by the Holy Spirit at certain moments where that peace plan has kicked in and said, no, no, we're, we're not going to
0: do this right now because we're committed to the peace of God. Wow. So I can tell you it works. Well, that's a convicting word to leave with me, an A-type personality like yourself. So I need to work on this as well. That's why the book is great. It's great for leaders. It's great for men and women who are just starting out their journey of faith. And it's certainly great for the times that we live in. Jeremiah, I know how much research you put into writing, uh, speaking, This was a labor of love, and thank you for doing it. So grateful for your publisher as well. And uh, we're just looking forward to many, many people experiencing God's shalom in their pursuit of happiness. God bless, brother. Thank you so much for joining. Shalom, Chris. I appreciate it. Have a great day, and give uh, Audrey our hello as well. we Will do it. Uh, Thanks for having me on. So many of you who listen to this program know how important it is for us to live the truth to know the truth to defend the truth but the truth has to be integrated into our lives we have to experience it as well and today i want you to experience the shalom of god that's why i had jeremiah on you can find out more we just scratched the surface really by getting a copy of his book go to our website equipradio.org Find out how to order there and uh, enter to win a copy by going to our Facebook and Twitter pages, Equip Radio. Until we're together again next time, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.